full court press. There is no stopping this team. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. It's the full court press with Eric Franson and RJ Salvison. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric France and Ajay Salveson here with you on the Full Court Press. Uh, I hope you had a good weekend. Hope you enjoyed the little extra break. If you had one, I know some of you didn't, but uh, for those who did, hope you enjoyed it. A uh, lot to uh, to man to go over and recap here on the full court press today, uh, as uh, Utah State with that huge win over the weekend and uh, on uh, late <clears throat> Saturday night. Can we talk about who predicted that the Yankees would win and what the final score would be? Let's go ahead and talk about that for a bit. You know, Eric, I... It was part of her pick six. It was a tiebreaker. Am I a hero? I can't say, but yes. You're welcome, America. You are welcome, Aggie fans. 5879 ESPN's... Uh, football power index had USU at the start of the season four and eight. Now this week they have us nine and three. Shut up! Are you what? serious? They wow. have us only losing to BYU, Boise, and San Jose State. Now, by the way, they only gave us like a twelve percent chance of winning Washington State. Well, welcome to my world, where I am right all the time. <laughs> That's a frightening world. <laughs> if Ajay's right all the time, hey, hey, but you're it welcome. Went, it went from like nobody. Outside oh, of yeah. Cash Valley. Oh, yeah. Nobody. You included. Was giving Utah State any credit uh, that they wouldn't win more than three games, maybe four. And, uh, look, I did give Utah State more credit than that. You have to give me at least <laughs> okay, that. Okay, I will. I will. But, My apologies. But uh, it went from that to now everybody's doing their updated bowl projections and Utah State's going to the Arizona Bowl or to the Idaho Potato Bowl. It's like... Wow, what a difference a few days makes. Such a swing, and deservedly so. Look, that's a huge win on the road against a Power 5 school. I don't care what you want to say about you know, Washington State and whether or not they're going to be a good program and how messed up their head coach is. That's still a Power <laughs> 5 program, and it's in their house. Something that hasn't been done in nearly 50 years, and the first time for a coach to win his first game uh, as that head coach in about 50 years. 1973. So it's a very historic night for Utah State. Eric, you need to start looking at your notifications more, man. You got to be better about that. Looking at my notifications? On Twitter, dude. You got 20 plus. What are you? Come on, Eric. Care about what the people are tweeting at you. I do see my notifications. I see them regularly. But you don't click. Oh, wait, you use TweetDeck. That's why. Yes. Sorry, I'm signing out of your Twitter. Um, Eric, yeah. It well, shouldn't look, be in my Twitter. You left it on logged in. Don't I blame me. Out. No, I logged you, out. No, I logged out didn't. of TweetDeck. That's why I just saw that you have 20 notifications. Actually, more than 20. <laughs> uh, Eric, you're right. Um. First win for, or I guess Blake Anderson's the first coach to win his uh, first game as the head coach of the Aggies since uh, 1970, is it 71 or 73? 
I believe. Uh, first win for a coach in his debut, I think, since 73. Since 73, 10-3. First time to beat a Power 5 Phil school Kruger. on the road since 71. Since 71. And so, and I thought that it was our first Power 5 win since Utah. I'm wrong. Because little did I actually, and everybody glossed over it, not just me. Everybody else did. We beat Wake Forest in 14, but nobody cares. Yeah, that was in Logan. Like, nobody cares. That was cares. nice. That was cute. But the real barometer is what can you do on the road? Yeah, I mean, but but like beating Utah was a bigger thing than beating Wake Forest, with all due respect to the yes. Demon Deacons football team, who, by the way, that year went 1-7 and seven in conference play, 3-9 and nine overall. Yeah, they were they were So they, they were pretty bad. Um, but what a win for the uh, for the Aggies. In fact, our text line is open for you. If you have a chance to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you here. Part of the Guild Mortgage text line at 435-339-0321. Texting right now, we'd love to hear from you. 435-339-0321. Give us your thoughts of the game. Concerns, questions, what did you like, what did you not like? Love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. Aggies are on a short week. They don't have a lot of time to celebrate. They got the North Dakota Fighting Hawks coming in, the top 10 FCS football team coming into this house. And for those not paying attention, FCS football is not playing nice with Division One or, sorry, FBS teams uh, as of late. They've been giving them all sorts of grief. So this is not a gimme game by any short of me. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Eric? Yeah, we, we talked about you know, could this be uh, – we saw some trends in some early games last week. Thinking, could this be a, uh, a kind of a notable year for FCS programs because they played a full season in the spring and they may be a little bit finer-tuned and, and uh, more dialed in than uh, some of their FBS counterparts because they had a, a, a quite a few big wins. I mean, this happens every year where there's a couple that get some victories, but it just seems a little bit more than normal this year, either getting victories or playing teams to the wire. So, yeah, Utah State cannot overlook North Dakota. Yeah, it wouldn't be a good idea for them to do so. And, again, North, we'll actually learn a lot about North Dakota tomorrow. We've got a couple of uh, big guests coming up uh, on that. We're actually working through that right now. Uh, hopefully to have them on tomorrow. Uh, Eric, so let, let's – I know we're to Tuesday because we didn't have a show yesterday because of the Labor Day. But and if our fans and our listeners don't mind, let's recap the Washington State win. 5338, did I miss something? Where was DHC on Saturday? He was not listed on the depth chart uh, going into this week or in the, into this past week, excuse me. Uh, I believe – I don't think he even traveled. Right, the the word was from Coach Anderson that he was dinged up, um, and so that's why he wasn't uh, on the two deep when they got ready for Washington State. Yeah. So, but uh, we the backs I thought played pretty darn well considering all. I mean, you, oh yeah, yeah you, and we'll get to some of the clutch plays they had, and, and, and I thought Calvin Tyler Tyler was wonderful. You'll hear from him. He was part of the weekly presser here for week two. Um, I, I thought the backs were actually really, really good, and again, they were really, really clutch. So in, in the first quarter, uh, Utah State gets a field goal. It's, I mean, Eric, the score was three to nothing after one quarter. After thirty minutes of football, it was six to five. Um, and we we had a couple of turnovers. We got a safety, uh, courtesy of AJ Vombachong, um, which was huge. But uh, the the two turnovers were just oh. God, just eats you alive. Peasley trying to fight for extra yardage, gets the ball taken away from him, stripped onto the ground. Washington State recovers, and then you have Logan Bonner throwing a pick. Uh, not not a great decision-making on that throw, but it's picked off. Yeah, only three points, though, result in those yeah. two turnovers. How about that defense? Because the Utah State defense was fantastic. 
Oh, they I were mean, wonderful. We, we love talking about those two drives in the fourth quarter, but we have to talk about how good that defense was, holding strong, not allowing uh, Washington State to get into rhythm, to uh, disrupt passing lanes, to put pressure on their quarterback. They did a really effective job of bottling up the running game, except for one big run that exploded off the left side. Borgie was really... He was contained. Yeah. They did not re- have much of a running game And I was whatsoever. really worried about what we were going to do and how we were going to contain Borey. And, I mean, everything from, from getting over the seal from the edge to wrapping up. There was a bunch of really good open field tackles, Eric, that I was really impressed with from yes. from a lot of different guys. Uh, Utah State's defense held an opponent scoreless in the first quarter for the first time since 19 at New Mexico. Recorded its first safety since 2020 last year against Nevada. Didn't allow first have touchdown for the first time since 19 against Nevada. Uh, defense just came to play and stepped up time after time after time. Huge and great work by Justin Rice was really good. Nick Hanager was awesome. Donald Tatum was a, was a monster. Oh, I'm really impressed with Tatum and what he did oh in gosh. space. Uh, I mean, yes, he had that uh, unsportsmanlike oh, you near the end of the game that, that though, I too. thought oh. could have left the door open for oh, Washington State man. to I wanted to scream. counter there and uh, take the game back, but thankfully it didn't happen. But but he was fantastic. Uh, hey. I thought he was great in space, making great plays, making good reads, defending passes. He was fantastic. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you on this one. So going into half at 6-5, we go to the third quarter. Uh, Utah State gets the ball to start the third quarter. Uh, and on their opening possession of the second half, which I do have here, I swear, uh, they end up uh, kicking a field goal. Connor Coles, by the way, 6-6. Six on field goal attempts, plus the PAT, his lone PAT of the night. Uh, it was three for three. Uh, sorry, yeah. Well, yeah, three for three. Three for three sorry, and the PAT. With this, yeah. Um, ends up uh, hitting from what? He had 29 or 28, 39, and 23, I believe. 22, uh, 39, and 28. 22, 39, and 28. Is that what yeah. you said? Yep. So not a bad night for him. He was really clutch as well. So they get a field goal to open it. And what I was worried about is, is if we keep kicking field goals, we aren't going to win this game. At some point, we needed a touchdown, and I mean, we didn't get it until like late in the fourth quarter. But uh, again, a lot of credit to our defense there, especially in the second half. Eric, five six six two, great point here. Uh, that game reminded me of the Hawaii game a, a few years ago. Late night, come from behind win, program resurgence type of win. Mm. I know WSU is a bottom tier Pac twelve team, but the heart and grit the team played with to win a P five game on the road is awesome. Other Aggie teams folded at times like those. Lots to clean up and get better at, but I'm feeling positive about this team and the coaching staff. I love every bit of that message. Love every bit of it. Yes, um, there's a lot to clean up, and and Coach Anderson alluded to that in his opening statement, by the way, that there's a lot to clean up. Uh, But he's excited, and that's, look, a win like that puts you on the trajectory of going upward. And people are going to say, well, it's a bottom-tier Pac-12 team. Don't give me that bull crap. It's a Pac-12 team, and according to everybody in Washington, they had a 17 and a half point. We're supposed line to lose. It. That's <laughs> yes. exactly right. We are supposed to lose that, and it's not supposed to be close. And and Eric, uh, again, I think that third quarter kind of put a statement of like, hey, look, we're here to stick around. We might be down 12 in the fourth quarter with five and a half left, but this team's going to grit out. And I loved, and I and people tweeted this out left and right, and I could not agree with it more. I love to see coaches coach to win a ball game. 
I loved seeing coaches be like, you know what, fourth and whatever. Yeah, that fourth we're down going for was it. awesome. We're going for it. Loved every bit of it. That fourth down conversion was oh my gosh, fantastic. And, and and poor Calvin who had just tripped over a line. I mean, those lines can get trippy sometimes. Trips over the <laughs> trips over the line Old of scrimmage or whatever. Monster, yeah, yeah. Uh, catches his feet. So you're looking instead of looking at first and ten, you're looking at fourth and what four? I believe if it was, if I'm not mistaken. And it's almost the exact same play, just to the opposite side. And Calvin runs in for a first down and more and gets out of bounds and stops the clock. Gutsy call. It was awesome. I, I love seeing and the way Anderson and the way Anthony Tucker and this, this this staff got aggressive and went after the Cougars and playing not scared was awesome. It was refreshing. Well, a couple things that uh, I think speak a lot about coaching. You remember early in the game... They had that big bomb. They throw it down to Devin Tompkins. He, he falls at the one-yard line and rolls into the end zone. Yeah. They line up at the one, but they keep getting all these false start penalties and pushes them back, and they have to settle for a field goal. Ajay, they didn't have a false start again. And the offensive line looked better and By the better way, and better as the, the game went on. What happened on that? And then they did a better job of creating uh, lanes for the running. Uh, and uh, it, it just that... The, that coaching staff settled them down, made a few adjustments, got them settled in. Uh, and then just how earlier they were really struggling on third downs. Like they could not sustain a drive yeah. very well. And neither quarterback could. And yeah. so it was hard to determine. Like it was hard to throw in on one guy or the other because both had a turnover. Both kind of struggled to sustain a drive. But when it came down to it, making some of those adjustments – coaching the players right, and then they started converting third downs uh, left and right, and then they got that fourth down conversion as well. It just started cooking and really huge. started going. Nine nine five two Intensity is good, but concerned about future unsportsmanlike penalties, especially Tompkins. Uh, the, the huge hit on the uh, Washington State receiver, great hit. Don't need to say anything to him. Just get up and get back to the huddle. You don't need to say anything. Like, I love the passion, but not the time, especially when there's a ref standing four yards away from you. He And as soon as he got up and started talking, I thought, here comes the flag. It's coming right now. They, they just aren't going to hesitate on that. It's just no need to. Um, and then 4086, I'm hearing that the Aggies will be on the west sidelines this year. Is this correct? Yes. They'll be on the blue seat sideline. They're switching oh, really? sidelines. Yep. Interesting. And then 406 again. Who looked better, Bonner or Peasley? Well, it depends what you want to say. Uh, Peasley looked good in some cases. Bonner looked great on the final drive. He goes 10 to 10. Uh, in fact, in the fourth quarter, the Aggies went 10 of 11 passing. Uh, I, I thought Bonner, in fact, he didn't have a, they didn't have an incomplete pass on that final drive. Uh, looked really, really good. I would say Bonner's going to get the nudge in starting the opening series. I'm not telling you that Peasley's not going to play Saturday or Friday night. I think they're both going to play. Yeah, I think if you were to ask, you know, which one looked better, um, clearly it was Bonner who got them into the end zone twice. So you have to give him the nudge. But Peasley can still can do some things to stretch a play and to gain yards that uh, if you really need to keep a series going he's the guy to have in there um but you're right there are a lot of things that need to be cleaned up this is that was a great win but by no means are they contending for the mountain west title right now <laughs> there was a lot of things that need to be cleaned up eight penalties for 78 yards that they gave up two turnovers uh still inconsistency at the quarterback position um they're on their way though 
uh, Jay, that's what's encouraging by for a lot of Aggie fans is that the adjustments that are being made uh, and uh, how this team is is uh, is progressing. Really, it's nuts, absolutely crazy. And uh, I want to go again to that final drive, four zero eight six. I'm watching the replay of the game. There's a lot of extra chit chat. Oh, there was chit chat the whole entire game. But again, you can't hit somebody, stand over the guy's body with a ref four yards away watching you. Can't do it. Yeah. Um, Tatum, Tatum can't do that. Yep, yep. He knows better. And he'll get the discussion. He'll he'll hear it from Coach Bonda, and he'll hear it from the coaching staff. Uh, I don't think he needs to hear any more about it from us. But that fourth quarter was phenomenal. And then defensively, Eric, two questions for you. What the fetch was Rolovich thinking when they were up first and goal, and they bring in the freshman quarterback, Cooper, from Lehigh, to run two plays – well, it's like a wildcat court sort of thing. Ends up losing a total of four yards on those two plays. They bring back their starter in. They get a delay a game. They end up settling for a field goal, and the Aggies are like, "Holy crap, we have a chance!" They score a touchdown, and this thing's over. Oh yeah, if they get into the end zone, it's it's most likely insurmountable. And there were we were looking at it, and if had it been the other quarterback, had it been what uh, Delara, that was his name. Yeah, had he been there um, in the game. He the way he was playing and seeing the field, he could have easily pulled the ball and just scampered off on the right hand side of the field, which was open, and would have run in for a touchdown. Oh, just walk! I mean, there were two plays that were just easy. Just walk. He would have seen it the way he was playing. He would have recognized it and gone for it. Dude, you should have heard the Washington State crowd <laughs> after the second and goal play, and they lose two more yards. The Washington State fans are just screaming at Rolovich. What are you doing? Are we here to win or not, Rolovich? I mean, and by the way, Rolovich is getting grilled by everybody. Oh, he's getting he roasted. He is hearing it from he everybody, as he should, by the way. 2197, Eric, he texts into the show. Bonner needs to play majority of the next game. He proved why on Saturday, but Peasley is an elite athlete and needs some reps every game, too. Interesting. So the question is, Eric, how do you balance that? Like, getting reps for Peasley, but making sure Bonner plays majority of the game and keeps rhythm with his offense. Uh, man, good question. Um, there may be a down and distance situation where it makes a little more sense to have Peasley in there. Uh, may just depend on what the defense is doing too. Uh, if the defense is giving up space for a scrambling quarterback that could get some big yards, recognize that and say, okay, we're going to go with Peasley for a series here because we think he can get a lot of yards yeah. off of these guys. Yep. But and he's a great like RPO guy too. He proved that in the first quarter. He did. There were a couple of times where he um, he just still gave it to the running back where he should have pulled it, pulled it and went, and then went on okay. his own or found an option. Yeah. In, in the passing and uh, just gave it to his running back and he was going right into a horde of defenders and it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. So he's got to recognize when to when to let the, the the running back take and when he needs to pull and to to keep it and. Either go use his own footwork or get it out with his arm. So there were a couple of times where he he didn't read that right on the RPO. But um, but yeah, I think there's still an opportunity for Peasley to get in games. Thing is with with Bonner, it was tight. It was there was some rhythm where they finally got some things going. And yeah, I think you have to give a lot of credit to that offensive line in the run game. Oh yeah, he Calvin had Tyler of the pocket, Jr. Yep. But uh, that helped uh, Bonner start to get into a rhythm too. 
Um, and so I, I think that uh, he is a guy that's been in more of those types of situations than Peasley has, and that played into why he got uh, to come back out and lead another scoring drive. Four 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 six is there a reason the Aggies are switching to the west side? I would hate to be the opposing team on the east side with the student section right there. So I had two questions, actually. Why were the Aggies on the east side anyway? Like, the sun is right in your eyes. Um... I mean, and there's there's shade on the on the west side. You're kind of like next to where I don't know how you call it. The season ticket holders are. It's just I don't know. I don't get why they were never on the west side in the first place. I've always wondered this. Do you know or does Al Lewis, if he's listening, do you know Al? What in the world happened there? I don't know. I, I've seen teams like be on one side for most of a season, and then for like a game or two, like switch it. But you typically in, at Utah State. They're always on that east side. I always thought that it was because as the season goes on and it gets colder, you want to be in the sun to help keep you a little bit warmer. But uh, and you want to be right there with the fans and the, the student section who who kind of pump you up and get that excitement. But I don't know. I have no idea why anybody chooses which sides they ultimately decide on. Uh, 9952, did they change sidelines because season ticket holders interacting with the visiting team players? Maybe. Uh, again, I'm not sure on that. that a I just, problem? Yeah, I'm not even sure. And then he says, look up W uh, Washington State University football tweets. Their catch. Oh, yeah, it is. Their catchphrase is, we cooked it. So that's true. Like, <laughs> there's 20 tweets underneath the final score. It says, yep, knew we were going to cooked it. Yep, we're gonna coog it. Yep, there we are. So I don't. I guess that's their new phrase for Rolovich is we cooged it. I'm not even joking. There is <laughs> wow. like a nine nine five two is spot on. There's, yeah, uh, four zero eight six. Which running books? Uh, which running back stood out? Uh, well, that's pretty easy. That's uh, Calvin Be- Tyler yeah. Jr. Eighty four yards and a touchdown. I mean, he was phenomenal. solid. Ninety four total yards on 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 the day. He was. Really good. Again, he just... 14 carries, 84 yards. Gentry looked good in moments, too. He had 14 carries as well, but only 47 yards. But it's what they're able to do on third... I mean, Eric, it's third and six. You're you're throwing it. And, and then uh, Coach Anderson's like, we're running it. We're going to do what we know we're good at right now. Right now, we're going to run the ball. And he trusted his offensive line. He trusted his running back to find gaps. He trusted the receivers to get downfield blocks. It was just a great... just awesome game plan and awesome adjustments made by this coaching staff quarter after quarter minute after minute I just thought they were phenomenal uh, for me I'm you're right I think it's uh, I think it's Tyler that stood out to me uh, and he says is our team undisciplined I heard there was an incident w- with their crowd no idea I have, I have no not idea. heard that. I yep, don't know. Me neither. I can't speak to that. Uh, did it a five six six two sides each locker room is on no because the Aggies locker room is on the east side of the field it's not on the west side so they're going to have to cross paths with whoever they're going against to get to the other side of the field. But Washington State was the same way, too. Um, they were on the uh, near side and would have to go across the field diagonal to get to their locker room. So they're not the only team to be doing that. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's – I know – well, actually, we got to go to break. Uh, can we talk more about this game? Because I want to get to the fourth quarter with you and just get your thoughts on what Bonner did – Devin Tompkins was so, so, so clutch. Uh, I'd love to get more from you and from our listeners on that. I do. But I want to read this off from uh, this is Daniel Hansen. Uh, I love Daniel. He's part of our, our beat writer for Cash Valley Daily. 
Uh, he stays close to Utah State. What's going on with the Aggies? He says, Utah State conversions on the final two drives. Oh, give me this. Third and four from their own 36. Third and six from their own 47. Third and nine from the uh, opponent's 46. Fourth and three uh, from their own 41. Plus a forced three and out when you absolutely needed a stop. Wow. So. Wow, wow, wow. Clutch. It was very clutch. I love it. So, yeah, more about the recapping what happened for Utah State on the road at Washington State. Uh, we'll hear from the coach and the players as get some of their reactions as well. Love to hear from you as well. Continue to chime in on the Guild Mortgage mobile, uh, Guild Mortgage text line. I should say Guild Mortgage text line is 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. This is The Herd. The winner in this is also... Colin Cowherd. There's not as many smart people as you think. You know, it's just a reality. It'd be a no-brainer if you said, you know, hey, you got a chance to get uh, Wayne Gretzky on your team or you get a chance to have Michael Jordan on your team. Oh, we don't need him. You know, no thanks. We're, we're good. Yes, he is Wayne Gretzky and he is Michael Jordan. And um, he's right. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hi, this is Bob Larson with LSS Insurance. Are you getting ready to retire, but your spouse isn't 65 yet? We can help. We focus on health insurance, so we can provide you the best possible services and information. Come the third Thursday, September 16th at 7 p.m. to our free seminar. We'll empower you with the information you need to make a confident decision. Come see us at LSS Insurance. The third Thursday, September 16th at 7 p.m. Call 752-9493 to RSVP as seating is limited. There's a lot of strain on various industries right now. Supply stretched thin as demand is at an all-time high. If you are building or remodeling and are looking for ideas for stone to face your home, it's crazy. Coldwater Stone and Tree Modern and Castellite and Logan want to take that frustration and challenge away from you. They are a local homegrown business with stone products made by Coldwater and sold by Castellite. Stop in and make your choice today for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go, online at castellite.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems. Did you know that Valley Office Systems is a local company with Utah ownership and we are debt-free with 47 years of industry experience? Valley remains your safe and smart choice for document solutions and all things office. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Every great team knows that you have to train to stay on top of your game. Even top players continue to practice the fundamentals. That's why Les Holtz & Company offers free IT security awareness training so your business can stop threats before they become a problem. Learn what to do in case of a suspected phishing attack. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Holtz & Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesholtzen.com. Welcome back to Logan, USU students. We hope you love it here and encourage you to support our community by shopping local. An easy way to do this is to pick up a copy of the Best of Northern Utah magazine. This contest recognizes the top two businesses in nearly 200 categories, voted on by you, the consumer. It's the contest every business wants to win. Pick up your free copy at a number of locations around town, including Lee's Marketplace, Al's Sporting Goods, Beehive Grill, and Angie's, or go to bestofnorthernutah.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Still up in the air. Uh, still evaluating it. Both did, did really good things. Both made some boneheaded mistakes that could have hurt us. Uh, we, were, we were hard on them both. Uh, still conversation of that. Uh, but uh, we're 
Not sure when we'll make that final decision. We are moving towards one, there's no doubt, and, and this is not something we're going to continue all year, but uh, this this week could very could very well see a similar rotation. Uh, just want to be very thorough in the process before we make a final decision. Um, how much more thorough do you need to get? I mean, you've had all of fall camp. <laughs> you had a game that you alternated every series with the other guy, and I get it. I but mean, Eric, they until both those two decisions and they both until, made boneheaded decisions. Yeah, but until that uh, scoring drive, neither one had stood out. But hey, I have to give coach credit. There's some people, and me included, who felt like this coach is coming. He's got his uh, quarterback coming with him. Well, he'll go with the guy he's familiar with, and he's giving Andrew Peasley an absolute fair shot at becoming the head, uh, the the starting quarterback. Yeah. At Utah State. Yep. Uh, right now, lean towards Bonner, though. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, he's given Peasley every opportunity. Oh, yeah. Of course. No, without question. Uh, 0945, the real MVP of the weekend. He has a uh, an article that was put out, oh, geez, 12 years ago, maybe, I think, um, playing my, uh, my glory days of playing baseball. Luckily, they're over. So, luckily, I've moved on to better things than trying to be you're trying to live my uh you know younger self so anyways uh eric uh the fourth quarter an article about you playing baseball well so we put together this baseball team in the northern utah league uh (laughs) we were called the logan cubs uh we sucked really badly really badly uh we took a buck kicking from everybody i think at least once a week if not twice a week i'd rather not think about it right now (laughs) i honestly would rather not I want to stay positive today. Is that you in the middle? Eric, can we can we move on? In the picture? Oh, jeez. Nobody cares. Why Nobody cares you, about that, Eric. I'm glad that you at least thought of the Cubs as a <laughs> team name. That's probably why we suck so bad. That yeah, explains they, everything. Yeah, they have won seven in a row lately. Great. So they back to uh, 20 games under 500 <laughs> then? Good for them. <laughs> jeez. Hey, uh, the one thing I wanted to ask you about is that drive uh, <laughs> to uh, to cut it within five. They're down 23-11 to 11 after the field goal that was good by Janikowski from 27 out because they brought in a wild a wildcat formation with a diamond running back package to end up kicking a field goal. Aggie scored 15 straight points to win this game. Here's where it got curious, though, for all honest and purposes. Down 23-11, to 11, you have the ball with 12.02 left in the game. They go uh, nine plays, 62 yards, and take 445 off the clock. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of those. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Uh, I don't think it was nine plays. I think there was more than nine plays. But ten of these plays are rushing. They used on the ground. And they're just chewing up clock. Like Gentry, I mean, they're gaining yards. Gentry for four, two, and seven. Uh, Gentry for 13 again. Then Noah for six and then no gain. Gentry for a yard. Bonner uh, with three uh, completions. And then Tompkins runs for 14. Tyler rushes for three and two and a touchdown. I mean, they were just chewing clock. And so by the time they score a touchdown, there's 527 left and they're still down five. I was like, can we pick up the pace a little bit? Well, that wasn't the the one that concerned me about pace. 
It was after they scored there. Oh, it was the next drive. They had drive. the stop. They get the ball back, and they just didn't seem to be having a lot of urgency. In fact, one play, they're uh, they're coming down, and they're just like milling around, <laughs> wasting time on the clock, not using a timeout. Like 30 seconds roll off the clock, and they didn't do anything. Okay, so Nimrod kicks. By the way, I love that name, Nimrod. Good for you, buddy. Uh, he kicks it off. Uh, Washington State completes two passes for a total of five yards. Laura sacked on third down. So the Aggies get the ball at the 301 mark. And it's Bonner, Tyler, Bonner, Bonner again for completions uh, to Rogers. No, not Rogers, excuse me. Do, 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 do. Uh, to McGriff. Ooh, by the way, McGriff was so good. Uh, he looked good. Tyler yeah. again twice. And then Tompkins for 12 and 11 in the first down. Bonner ran for seven, uh, threw an incomplete pass, but that was pass interference on Washington State. Uh, and then Bonner uh, completed to Tompkins for seven on a slant for the uh, for the game-winning touchdown. It's just incredible. I think going for it on the two-point conversion and getting that. Oh too. yeah, that was that was good too. Two six zero three. So is Ajay going to streak around the quad with USU getting the big win? I will not tell you if I did or didn't because I think. The police might be listening. They're big fans of the show, and I don't want to get myself in trouble. There are cameras everywhere. There are cameras everywhere, but you can actually find the blind spots of the cameras, I found. <laughs> uh, Eric, again, just really impressed with uh, with what they were able to do. I guess it was, sorry, so it wasn't nine plays. Sorry, I read it wrong. 15 plays on that drive to cut it to five, Eric. 15 plays, 70 yards. They took six minutes and 38 seconds off the clock, the Aggies did, just to cut it to five. Well, yeah, they uh, they just kept wearing down Washington State's defense. Uh, and it just seems kind of funny to be able to say that. Yeah. The Aggie offensive line and running game was wearing down a P5 defensive front. It's crazy. They had some good players. Uh, here's Coach Anderson talking about that running game that Utah State was able to put together in Pullman. Over 200 yards against that group, uh, against, you know, especially veteran group. A lot of guys play a lot of downs for Washington State defensively. Uh, we expected it to be a little tough early. Uh, we just wanted to be patient with the run game. It obviously got better and better as the game went on, uh, and I think that plays into our style of play and the way we prepare uh, physically in the offseason. It, it it showed up in the fourth quarter in a big way. We were fresh. We still had kind of juice in our tank, and, and it felt like they were they were kind of falling apart a little bit. And Holes got bigger, the runs got better, and we were able to run the ball in some key areas. Third and six, run the ball for a first. That's not a given, uh, especially against that front. You know, run the ball in from the four or five yard line and the goal line. Those are typically really tough, hard yards. So I was really pleased with the old line. We didn't give up a sack. Got it got scary back there a couple of times, but didn't give up a sack and rushed for over two hundred against a Pac-12 opponent. Those are those are all good numbers, and we use a lot of different running backs, like we talked about by committee. I thought Calvin had a really good game. But you saw key plays from a lot of different guys, and that's probably going to be the formula moving forward. Yeah, I thought Calvin Tyler Jr. was great. John uh, John Gentry looked good in, in certain situations. Uh, Noah had a, a good run or two. Um, what this looks like, you know, this this coming week is a good question. You know, who's going to be carrying the rock? Will there be uh, Devin Tompkins? Will we see some kind of fly sweep? Stuff like that, where we see a wide receiver uh, get a carry every now and then on a speed play. So I don't know, but bottom line is it it worked 
for Utah State. And, Ajay, it's hard to get more balanced than what Utah State was. Uh, 219 yards passing and 222 yards rushing. That's the epitome of balance. Uh, and just very, very effective for the Aggies on uh, on that late Saturday night. Uh, and I should want to hear from Calvin Tyler Jr. too about uh, his thoughts. Would he, from his point of view, seeing the running game and how well it was come, able to oh, come yeah. together. Here's a guy who was in the Pac-12 before. He was at Oregon State. And uh, when I talked to him a few weeks ago, he was really excited for the opportunity to go back to Pullman and to uh, play against a Pac-12 team uh, who's not that far away from where he used to go to school. Uh, most definitely. Uh, we didn't really talk about it, but we knew, like like Coach Anderson said, like we knew second half, second half was going to be ours because we are going to prepare. We was going to wear them guys down. We was just going to dominate the second half because we knew first half was going to be jitters and um, we're going to see like things probably can go up and down, but we knew second half was going to be ours. And so as far as running the ball, that's what, that's what we do every day as far as making plays and each of the running backs. That's what we, we complement each other well, and I think we get the job done right. Uh, nice. But as far as like being a Pac-12 team, I'd never be Washington State my four years at Oregon State. I never beat them. The last time I was in that stadium, it was like a horrible feeling for me because uh, we were supposed to go bowling that year. And we lost the game with a minute left. On a fourth and one, we didn't convert, and they went downfield and scored. And I just remember them like throwing like bowling balls at us like they was going bowling. So that was the last like that was like the last thing that happened happened to me on that field. So it felt great when we got the dub. And man, it was it, I was I was emotional. I don't know if anybody. So I was very emotional after the game because it was just a blessing to get that dub. It was a good win. Calvin Tyler was a huge part of that. And he looked good. I mean, yeah, he yeah, could, he was. He was just so good at being patient. Like, he didn't rush anything. And, by the way, you know what the biggest great thing about him was? How many fumbles did he have? Zero. In his first game, he had zero fumbles. <laughs> like, And for how many times he carried the rock and how hard he was getting hit and how many guys were stripping at the ball, that was really impressive. No fumbles. Uh, you know, he trips uh, – again, he trips on the turf – on a third and four, uh, which would have been easily a first down and more, and then turns around and the next play, same play, opposite side, takes it for a first down, is smart enough to get out of bounds. Stuff like that, short-term memory with him. I just thought he was so good. Uh, really impressive from him last night. AJ defensively, Justin Rice, first time we've seen him in a game in an Aggie uniform. He was everything as advertised. Oh my gosh, he's so aggressive, darn good. fast. <laughs> uh, he had a tackle for loss. Uh, he was in on a lot of plays that some of me just didn't get credited for, but he was definitely a part of. He was a monster. He looked fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but then as we've already talked about Tatum. He looked great in space in the secondary, making big, big plays. tackles. Open field tackles was so monstrous for this team. So big. And there were so many open field tackles that could have been much bigger gains for Washington State that they were able to stop them on. But then the guys up front, uh, A.J. Vongbachan, uh, Nick Henninger, uh, Jalen Bannerman, Joyner, uh, there were a lot of guys up front that were really bottling up this running game that we'd heard all about. Hey, they got a Doak Walker candidate in this running back, and uh, they – this is a really big, experienced offensive line. You're not going to get any hands on this quarterback, whomever it is. But I thought that that defensive front did a really, really good job. 
Yeah. I think there's a, a few open gaps where, uh, was it yeah, DeLara who was able to scramble for yards? I mean, that's the thing. That was the problem. And the, the Garantino cat who started the game, I thought he was really good about finding gaps and scrambling for first down. I don't – I got to find out how many red yards he rushed for. Uh, he ran for, what, 25 yards, 19 in net. Yeah, he ran it well. He was good. Now, Borgie, of course, had 98, but as a, as a quarterback, Jarek uh, Garantano was just phenomenal at – being patient, pulling it down, finding yards, and getting first downs. That was a pain in the side for, to deal with. Uh, but uh, Jalen Bannerman for Utah State, uh, he came in with three total tackles. Two were solo. <laughs> he did have a sack at two and a half tackles for loss and uh, lots of praise from Coach Anderson. He's been a surprise for us. Uh, didn't really know what to expect when we got him in the spring. He, he had a, a few really, really good days uh, early in spring ball that kind of piqued our interest, and then he got hurt. Missed most of the spring, if you guys remember. So we didn't really get to see a whole lot. And unfortunately, he had a very similar fall camp. Uh, saw flashes of of a guy that could run and would run to the ball. And then he got hurt again in fall camp and missed most of fall camp. So it's been, it's been kind of touch and go with him. He came back off the injury and had a really good prep going into the game. I agree he did show up. He ran well to the ball. He chased. Uh, he was disruptive. Uh, I, you know, our ends, I thought, played good on both sides. Uh, we, we, for the most part, held our own at, at the point of attack with the exception of a couple of breakdowns. But he was a bright spot, and hopefully he can stay healthy and keep moving forward. I don't know if y'all noticed his jersey number changed. Uh, you know, we, that was a he was wearing a 45 or something number, and he said he looked better in a single digit. I told him he'd look better if he earned it, and he, and he really did. His work ethic and his attitude – Earned him an opportunity to, to get in that jersey, and, and I think he's excited about wearing it. It's a little thing, but it means a lot when you consider that you know he earned that through hard work and and doing little things right, and, and it's showing up on the field. He's <laughs> this def. I told you, Eric, this defense is going to be doggone good. Yeah, I've always felt like the strength of this team Was really gonna is going to be, be on defense, the defensive and side. You've seen it, by the way. I and I don't mean to get too ahead of myself. I need to calm down here. They beat Air Force. With this defense, they beat Air Force. I'm I certainly feel a lot more between existence. I feel more confident in their ability to uh, <laughs> bottle up what Air Force does. But it's still a very different style that Mike Anderson's okay, not familiar there with. There it is. I know. Eric, come on, dude. I was right again this week, and uh, I was pretty darn close to even predicting the exact score. So. Let's just jump on my wagon like everyone else is doing and go along with it. <laughs> hey, we got a bunch a of texts we have to get to when we come back, Eric, uh, including one about Mark Few. Am I missing something here? Ah, uh, yes. He's in the news for the wrong reasons today. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. If you want to chime in on the Guild Mortgage text line, 435-339-0321. And join us here on the Full Court Press. If you want to hit a home run or score a touchdown when it comes to your vehicle's maintenance, get your oil changed at Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan. This is Dustin with Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Preventative maintenance is huge in your game plan to keep your vehicle on the road. Not only do we change your oil, but we can also provide other services like recharging your air conditioning. Stay in your car while our trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main in Logan, across from Angie's.
Ascent Aesthetics is throwing a parking lot party Monday, September 13th from 4 to 8. The first 50 people receive gift bags. Enjoy food trucks, prizes every 15 minutes, live demos, and you can win amazing treatments like Botox, skin care, laser hair removal, and microneedling. Special pricing is available on all purchases. Join Ascent Aesthetics Monday, September 13th from 4 to 8 at 169 North Gateway Drive, Providence. Prizes, fun, and food. Go to AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com for more details. Ascent Aesthetics looks forward to meeting you. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerex. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerex, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerex, find jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerex. My name is John Brinchley. Last year, my father, Lynn, passed away. Our family misses him tremendously. From the first phone call we made to White Pine Funeral Services until he was laid to rest, White Pine helped us every step of the way. The staff was there to guide us through the entire process. They were kind, gracious, and their facilities are amazing. White Pine helped to make the difficult situation of losing my dad into a positive experience where we could remember him and celebrate his life. White Pine Funeral Services The Riverwoods Conference Center is the center in Cache Valley for business, entertainment, and special events. Whether you're hosting a large or small event, you have the choice of inside with all the new modern interior renovations or outside along the scenic banks of the beautiful Logan River. The Riverwoods is an ideal choice offering seamless planning, easy catering coordination, and will make your event as professional or as beautiful as desired. To book your next event or for more info, visit theriverwoods.com or call 435-750-5151. We'll see you at the Riverwoods. The first ever Latino festival is September 18th on Center Street in Logan. Come celebrate the Latin culture with food, music, dance, and cultural performances. The festivities get underway at 3 p.m. Enjoy live bands, a parade with authentic Latin dress. And did we mention food? Ridiculously good food trucks. Then work off the calories with everyone's favorite dance-based workout, Zumba. The Latino Festival is presented by Gosner Foods, where you can earn up to $20 an hour, quarterly bonuses, and free health insurance. Members First Credit Union, our name says it all. Thermo Fisher Hispanic Employees Resources Group, Cytiva, earn hourly wages of $20 or more at Cytiva. iFit, a global company committed to diversity and inclusion, welcomes everyone to the Latino Festival. Bring your family, your friends, and even your dance shoes to the first ever Latino Festival, September 18th, starting at 3 p.m. on Logan's Center Street. I'm here with Jay Broadbent from Alpine Home Medical. Jay, I hear your ads for CPAP resupply all the time. What do I need to do to just get that taken care of? It's easy. We can set up your CPAP resupply within a few minutes. We'll work out all the insurance for you, and then we'll start mailing the supplies straight to your door. You can even chat with a CPAP specialist online. Just visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. We'll have you sleeping better in no time. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. This is Ryan at My Mattress. We all know some of the side effects of not sleeping well or forgetfulness, inability to focus, bad driving, hallucinations now and again. Does this sound familiar, City of Lewiston? 
Lewiston. We at My Mattress care about you and your well-being. Prove all the other cities wrong and show them that you do care about better sleep and buy a mattress at My Mattress. If you're sleep-deprived and can't remember where we're located, we're at 981 South Main by the South Walmart, Lewiston. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Um, I feel like Coach Bonda and this new team, new coaches, I felt like we just had a different mentality going into this game. We felt like we were the underdogs, and we just wanted to make big plays and be fast, physical, and tackle the ball. Dominic Tatum. Dude, he's so – you should listen to his part of the press conference. He's so to the point, like – Here's my answer. I'll ask him a couple of really good questions, and I think he gave like five word answers. And he wasn't being disrespectful. He just answers it, and then he's done. He just doesn't have much to say. I will tell you what I need to say, and and, uh, and we're done talking. Yeah, don't need to say anymore. Don't need to add anymore. Hey, a couple of texts came through, Eric. I want to get through these. Uh, three five one three texts into the show. Two things stood out about the game. Vince Lombardi said winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. And whether it, it and whether it was transfers or coaches that had come from a winning culture, there was enough of that attitude Saturday night to make winning plays and winning coaching decisions, especially at the end. And that attitude and culture of winning has been absent for a long time. So that was awesome to witness. Uh, I would agree with him on that. I w- Hmm. Uh, the second thing was the ability to play fast and slow and methodical at some times in the same possession. The ability to control pace and grind the clock when needed and play with speed to keep the defense on toes is hard to do and something rarely seen done effectively. Fun to watch. Love the energy and passion. Go Aggies. Great text. Love uh, the text. I, I, I do want to take a little bit of an issue with... The, the line that attitude and culture of winning has been absent for a long time. Um, this is a team that's been going bowling more often than not over the last 10, 12 years. True. So, well, yeah, I think but, uh, before but that, here's the thing. Yeah, I would say absolutely that, that epitomizes Utah State. But in the last 10 or 12 years, I mean, I got to find it. Uh, guy here, but there. more often than not, in the last decade, they've been going bowling. So that yes, if you go to a bowl but, game, you have to be. A, I'm not saying you're a winning, always a winning team when you go bowling. Look, the last but when Utah two State's years, gone bowling, more often than not, they are a winning. The program. last two years feel like the last five years. I mean, just how drudgery it was. I mean, even in Gary's first two year, years ago, they went bowling. Yeah, Eric. Come on, two years ago we were still getting our butts handed to, and then it we, was we played it was Kent a State. grind. It we wasn't played great. Kent State and gave up fifty-two points, man. Fifty-two to Kent State. Their quarterback had like two hundred yards rushing. Yes, that was not pretty. That was not good. It's not pretty. It's it's, and I think what it is is the energy and the want and the desire to go out and win a ball game. When a coach says, "Oh, it's fourth and three on our own forty-seven, we're going for it. We're going to go get this thing." We're going to go win this ball game. We're here for one reason. It's to win. It's not for me to collect a paycheck. Yeah, that was awesome. And I felt like we had that finally. And it was so good to see. It was refreshing. You didn't think you had that with Matt Wells? No. Different different times in the Uh, Matt Wells era? Not consistently, no. Not consistently with Matt Wells. Hmm. No. 
I mean, come on, dude. He went like what three and nine after he lost Gary's players. Finally got back to a bowl game. Lost in, t- t- lost to New Mexico. What state in a bowl game or Akron or who was it? Or lost to New Mexico State in a bowl game. They yeah. lost to Eric. They lost in to Arizona. New, they lost to New Mexico State in a bowl game. Hello. I just I think this uh, revisionist history is interesting that um, we're suddenly just throwing everything out. I, I, I'm just saying, look, let's recognize what really was, and it wasn't. Utah State has not been a losing culture for a long time. That's just the only thing I have an issue with. They had a bad year last year. They weren't as great the year before, but they did go to a bowl game. The year before that, they won 11 games. <laughs> I mean, how okay, short true. is our memory, Eric? I okay, and let's okay. So let me say this: How long has it been since we've consistently won? Gary, not Anderson? long ago. Gary Anderson, Matt Wells consistently won. He had a bad year. Yes, he went three and nine. It was awful. Yes, it was. But it turned things around again and was back to a successful winning program. I, I get what you're saying. The last two years of Gary, one bad year under Matt. Outside of that, it's been a winning program. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean to make a bigger deal of it that needs to be. It was a great text. It was a great text. I just one little line there. I just well, and then I felt like I needed a set. Straight. I just got a text from somebody, and they said, "What about the eleven and two season?" Like, okay, so there was eleven and two. Yeah, but there. Oh man, I got to be really careful. Do you remember when we had Gage Ferguson in here, and we we were talking to Gage, um, and it some players felt like a couple of coaches were already starting to see their way out. But that's besides the point. We're like we're trying to change the narrative. Did they win games? Was it a successful football program? Yes. The bottom line is it was it a W or an L? Okay, true enough. Yep. Let's and not get sidetracked. Let's not so get distracted I, by the fair enough. the fancy flowers fair on the sidelines. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. Uh, eight nine six eight. Text in. I've got to admit. I go. I, uh, I go far enough back. Utah State history just to think. How are they going to blow this game, even though they were ahead with 13 seconds left? I didn't leave I that was, press box until there were four zeros on that When clock. Dominic Tatum oh had that my gosh, I personal leave. foul, I thought, here, this is Auburn all over again. <laughs> 8003, the thing that I loved about the game is that we came from behind to win. In the past, that hasn't been the case. That's true. Fair enough. They've had the leads and then just weren't able to hang on to them. Nine, this is very different. 9948, the win Saturday night was a huge win, no doubt. Having said that, this win for the Aggies proves how overrated the Pac-12 is. How horrible showing for the Pac-12 in week one of college football weekend. <laughs> well, certainly for the Pac-12 North. They're not the only, yeah. They're not the only conference who had issues, Oregon won, and even then, they had they struggled had against Fresno State. Dude, how about... And then how everybody about else was terrible. Montana taking it to Washington. They showed the score on the scoreboard, and the Cougar crowd went nuts. And then Karma went over there and put an arrow right in their back. And then they lost 26 Give credit to Nevada winning at Cal. Yeah, that was good. That good was win great. for them. Good, and Nevada's a good football team. I'm Pac-12 so glad, South looked really good. I'm though. so glad we don't play Fresno or Nevada this year. Yes. That could not have worked out any better for us. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Uh, so we'll hear more from the coach and the players coming up next hour. We'll get into who won pick six. We'll share the stat that blew our mind, our player of the week. 
And also, uh, we'll preview and kind of recap what happened this last weekend with high school football and the NFL starts this week. We'll give some predictions. As Go to Buccaneers, lifelong fan. What we think might happen in the NFL uh, in this upcoming season. Uh, before you do that, though, we're going to hear from Dan Patrick above the noise and Napa Auto Parts sponsors the segment. And don't forget, they've got their gold filter sale going on now through September 15th. And that's where you can find the best deal on filters now through the Napa Gold Filter Sale at five locally owned Napa Auto Parts stores from Preston to Providence and uh, going on now through September 15th. And a lot of other deals in store as well. Go check it out. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. In recent years, college football has been all about offense. Even the traditionally conservative Alabama teams have racked up a ton of points. But the defense got revenge on opening weekend. Clemson and Georgia were supposed to have high-powered offenses. Neither team scored an offensive touchdown in their showdown on Saturday night. Bulldogs coming away with a 10-3 win thanks to a pick six. Penn State's defense salvaged a dramatic win over Wisconsin. Virginia Tech's defense dominated number 10 North Carolina. Iowa forced turnovers to blow out Indiana in a Big Ten battle. And while they're still good on offense, Alabama's defense looked ferocious in a blowout win over Miami. Sometimes offenses start out slower in the season, then they figure it out. But there seemed to be a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball this weekend. Anomaly. But maybe it's time for the balance to shift and for defenses to make a bit of a comeback in 2021. I know it's only one week. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last year, there was a victim of identity theft. Every three seconds, a criminal could be spending your money, applying for loans in your name, damaging your credit, even selling your personal information on the dark web. Unfortunately, you could miss certain threats to your identity by just checking bank statements and monitoring your credit. The solution? LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock sees certain threats you might miss if you're just monitoring your credit and alerts you if they find something that could be suspicious. Plus, if you become a victim of identity theft, a U.S.-based identity restoration specialist is dedicated to your case and will work to fix it from start to finish. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock by Norton can help protect your personal information so you can keep what's yours. Save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com. Use the promo code PATRICK. That's lifelock.com. Promo code PATRICK for up to 25 this is the season to stock up on oil and filters. It's the fall Napa gold filter sell at all five Cache Valley Napa auto parts stores. Napa synthetic blend oil, $1.99 a quart. Seafoam fuel additive, $5.99 a can. Napa 15W40, $9.99 a gallon. Chevron Dello 15W40, $11.99 a gallon. These specials and a whole lot more during the Napa gold filter sell. Now through September 15th at your five locally owned Preston to Providence Napa auto parts stores. Napa S.E. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. We offer a large selection of personalized service and extraordinary benefits with our Integrity Price Guarantee. At Match Quality, you'll find our prices to be as low or lower than any store in the state. We consistently beat any 50 to 70% off sales, internet pricing, or so-called wholesale deals. In fact, we even price our diamonds at internet pricing. So you'll get S.E. Needham quality at internet prices. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign Sports of the clock. Talk Radio, KLGN Logan, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, and online at 1069thefan.com. We are Fox Sports! And here- 
Here's what you need to know. News out of the Pacific Northwest where Gonzaga head basketball coach Mark Few was cited last night for DUI just north of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, with a blood alcohol level of 1.20. That's 50% higher than the legal limit. That said, Few was not arrested. He was just cited. First real AP college football poll is out, and number one remains the same after Alabama's dominant performance last weekend. Georgia jumps up to number two after beating Clemson. Ohio State, Texas, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M round out the top five. UCLA, by the way, jumped up to number 16, which is where LSU was a week ago. The NFL season kicks off two nights from now. Tampa Bay hosting Dallas. And says safety Jordan Whitehead is out due to a hamstring injury. Already Major League Baseball underway on this Tuesday. The Mets get a two-run bomb from Pete Alonzo in the first. They lead at Miami 2-0. Still in that first inning. I'm Ralph Irvin. It's the Full Court Press. There is no stopping this team! The Eggies, the Jazz, the High Schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead! He's got it! It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and R.J. Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like... The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's up, everybody? Eric France and Andre Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Man, what what a great weekend to recap. Oh, dude, it was awesome. Utah State with the big win at Washington State. I'll tell you this. Saturday and Sunday felt like one day to me, travel-wise. Like, that game went forever. <laughs> Do you know what I tweeted? Okay, by the way, it was 12-20 when I tweeted at you guys. And you're like, oh, it's only 12-20. It's not even that close no, to 1. No, you tweeted, like, it's 40 oh, minutes to one. everybody in Logan, it's 1 a.m. I said it's almost 1 a.m. It's like 12-20. It's, it's far from 1 a.m. It's 40 minutes to 1 a.m., man. That's close enough. And you're like, oh, it's only 12-19, OJ. And then hang with us, uh, list, up, radio dude. listeners here. It's almost Wednesday, so. Oh, shut up. Hang hang with us. Oh, we'll help dude. you get to Wednesday. Bite me. God, just a jerk. <laughs> you know, just trying to, you know. Elevate the mood there because it's late for all of us. Oh, I just looked at the clock and man, it's almost one a.m. in Logan. Actually, it's twelve twenty, Andre. It's that's close enough. It's late for all of us. Thank you. Did you hear Doug? So Doug in the press conference goes, "All right, one more question. It's really late here." Yes. (laughs) Oh, it's even later in Logan. Honestly, I got home at about a quarter to five in the morning, and then it like and. The adrenaline doesn't really wear off. I mean, even on the plane ride, because it was such a short plane ride, you get home and you're like, oh, man, I can't believe we won. Oh, man, it's only 5 a.m. Got to watch some sports center or something. And then you're just, <laughs> I didn't get to bed till like Got to find some highlights. Oh, geez, it was long. It was a great win. Eric, Aggies, instead of being 0-1, Las Vegas is like, oh, three and a half wins. That's about what you're going to see with the Aggies. Yeah. Oh, no, no, they're going to be 9-3. and three. Told you, bowl expectations. They're looking really saucy. Everything is flipped. Shut the front door. Win a game. Ajay's the only one who on believed. On the road. Ajay is the only one that believed in this team. You're welcome. You're welcome. I Your score prediction. Existence. What was the final score of the game? 26-23. Right, okay. Your score prediction. Yep. Was part of our pick six tiebreaker. Yep, give me it. 27 to 24. This is where I like to use the word yummy. 
yummy. That's what it was. Uh, 9948, by the way, our Gil Mortgage text line is open, 435-339-0321. 9948, isn't it awesome to be back to football season? Quick question, do you see Alabama getting beat this year? It seems that they have reloaded once again. Okay, oh here gosh. is the thing. Alabama, do you remember like on Friday we were like, hey, look, Miami, like it wasn't like a 27-point spread? I, I think it was 21, wasn't it? Uh, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it was like 14 or 17. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was 14. That's what it was. And so you and I are like, it's not going to be 14. It's Miami, dude. It's a, it's a good team. It was 27 or 28 to nothing <laughs> in the first them. half. Or like 28 to 7. So here is the thing about Alabama, and this has been the case for the last mm, 12 years. They don't have to rebuild. It is always a reload. Their four-string running back would be our starting running back by a mile. 44 to 13 was the final oh score. Oh my gosh, and just they just look so Miami. good. Uh, Georgia upsets Clemson, but dude, it wasn't that was, It was a defensive battle. It was. But I've got questions about both teams offensively if they're going to be in yeah. the hunt at the yeah. end. How good is Georgia really offensively or how bad is Clemson? I mean, that's yes. the question to ask. Uh, Alabama, it's theirs to lose. I just, I was so doggone impressed. That quarterback throws three first half touchdowns, throws a fourth one in the second half. They dominated every bit of that game. They dominated Miami. It is so impressive the way Nick Saban just, it, it's like a robotic machine. <laughs> it's like the Russian hockey team back in the, back in the glory days, right? When they used to dominate opponents, they didn't smile. They didn't laugh. They didn't joke. It was just, I mean, robotic machine just killing you. Uh, but for the weekend that was, you know, big win, obviously, for Utah State on the road at Washington State. Um, the expectations have changed dramatically in the national dialogue about where the Aggies were projected to be before the season, and now a few days go by, and they're projecting bowl games, and the win-loss is totally different. But for Blake Anderson... He says, nah, nothing's changed. Just on to the next one. Obviously excited about the win. We felt like we could win going in. I told the guys in the locker room I was excited but not surprised. I felt like we had a we had a game plan that, that gave us a great chance to win. I think we were being un- underestimated pretty much by everybody uh, going into the game, especially uh, in the state of Washington, that's for sure. So um, we felt like that uh, we had prepared very well. We had some key areas that could be difficult for them. And if we, if we didn't just shoot ourselves in the foot with a ton of mistakes, that our energy level, conditioning level, the style of play would give them some trouble. And, and honestly, it, it ultimately did just that. So uh, we weren't surprised, excited, but not surprised. And so in that sense, what we expect of us is just improvement and getting better from week one to week two. So that hasn't changed inside our building at all. Look, if, again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I've tweeted it out once or twice. North Dakota is not a pushover football team. They're a top 10 FCS team, uh, and FCS teams are not playing nice with the division, like, or the FBS teams, the bigger brothers, if you will. It is, they're coming out there, they're punching you right in the mouth. If they get confidence, you're in trouble. Washington got punched in the mouth by Montana. Uh, UNLV, and who else in the Colorado mouth? State. Colorado State. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing for them to be losing to these FCS teams. You see Davis. You can't take these upset. kind of teams for granted. 
You go out there, you play your A game, you play them like they're an Alabama team, and you go out there and play your very best football. So anybody who's saying it's a gimme, calm down. <laughs> knock it off. Hey, uh, I want to quickly remind people, coming up at a 5.15, yes. we're going to call for the Skyview bread and butter play of the game. Skyview played Mountain Ridge mm. on Friday night. Hurricane John Newbold and Rex Davis were on the call, and they called out the Old Grist Mill bread and butter play of the night. If you remember what it was, coming up at 5.15, we'll call for it. If you remember what it was, call in, correctly identify it. If you've won in the last 30 days, don't call. <laughs> we want to make sure we spread it around, give other people opportunities to win. We don't want people okay. calling back every week to get the bread. Hey, uh, five six six two. So, if, and this is a great question. So, if Alabama reloads next year, like they did this year, which is likely, how bad do the Aggies lose next season? Remember, Aggies go to Alabama and Tuscaloosa and get a take on the Crimson Tide. Um, we're gonna upset Alabama by three. Bonner for the win. Bonner having another year of eligibility? Oh, crap. Okay, uh, Utah State by one. <laughs> I like your confidence. Hey, at least it's better than yours. Uh, 9948, I'm with you, YJ. If the Aggies lose Friday night, this last win means nothing. Yes. Now, let's not get pessimistic. I'm just, it's a cautionary warning. Don't think that this is a gimme game against North Dakota. No, we joked. Do not think that. We joked going into week one that there were some layups. Yeah. On the Utah State schedule. Well, we joke, but we're serious After about UNLV, UNLV and Colorado State. Well, we're serious about those two, but loses, not on North Dakota. Both of them lose to uh, FCS programs, but uh, North Dakota, we kind of joked that that could have been a layup, could be a layup too, but you're right. You can't overlook the FCS, <laughs> especially the way that they're playing across the board this year. Oh, they're impressive. My goodness gracious, they're impressive. Yeah, they're going to be – hey, uh, and Al told me yesterday, and I wish – I, I wish he or I would ask this question. Hi, I'm Mike. Um, Eric, if is there an advantage for FCS teams who played in the spring to be playing football now? Is there an advantage yeah, there we just, or no? Yeah, we were debating that last week. Okay. Well, and I, I don't think there is. I think now the Aggies got a game underneath their belt. I don't think there's much of an advantage. I think we're even filled. I think field, whatever maybe an advantage in week one. In week two, probably not. Because in week one, you can catch somebody off guard. You can catch them by surprise. Less so, I think, in week two can you do that. Fair enough. 9948, there is no way the Aggies beat Alabama next year in Tuscaloosa. That's funny because everyone said the same thing about Montana and Washington. Gotta believe. Hey, you have to believe. All right? If you don't believe, then what the fetch are you doing in life? <laughs> All right? Aggies by one in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa? Is it Tuscaloosa? It's Tuscaloosa. Hmm, interesting. It's a nice nice area. I got kicked out of a restaurant there, but it's a nice place. 9948, Alabama isn't Washington. Great point. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes, actually, everybody who plays Alabama is an FCS team. <laughs> Anybody who plays them. That's very true. Even LSU, who just got whomped by UCLA. Did you see that? I did not. I heard about it. Oh, my gosh. Just dismantled. LSU could be very overrated. 
Uh, yeah, I think I think it's that is the case. Uh, I know we got to get to a break here in just a little bit. Uh, when we come back, I got to ask you though, Eric. There were some weird college football games the other day uh, on Saturday. Monday night ended up being an absolute fun game to watch with Notre Dame, Florida State. Uh, you saw Mackenzie Milton come back in, kind of sentimental, throws a touchdown pass, gets the team back in the game, and then the kicker blows it. But uh, yeah, fun game. Uh, and, but uh, good, good week one of games, and we got a great set of games coming up this week too. And you know, what? let's uh, that kind of gets to our segue here for our uh, pick six oh, to yes. recap the weekend that was. Yes, let normally me, we would do this on Mondays. Let me win a more marshmallow pie. Marshmallow pie. Is it marshmallow pie or moon pie? I thought it was a marshmallow pie. I thought you liked the moon pie Wait, that I got you. Hold on. Is it a marshmallow pie or is it a moon pie? Because a moon me? pie has marshmallow in it. But is it called a marshmallow pie or not? It's called a moon pie. It's called a moon pie? Yes. Well, no wonder nobody knew what I was talking You're about. You're going around store. trying to find I'm it. I'm like, do you have any marshmallow pies? And they're like, uh, marshmallows right here. And I'm like, no, moron. Look Don't at know me. what that is. Right here, you 16-year-old. I'm asking, do you have a marshmallow pie in your grocery store that is about 3,700 square feet long? <laughs> Uh, there's the marshmallows. Our pies are in the frozen section. Okay, genius. Why don't you go back to the frozen section and go store meat again? I'll go find the marshmallow pies. All right, here we go. This is our pick six recap of the weekend that was. Um, how would the state of Utah do in college football in its opening weekend? So I wasn't really paying attention to this question. Can I change my answer? The line was two and a half. I, I wasn't paying attention. So U, U of U... Uh, hosted Weber. USU was at Washington State. BYU played Arizona down in Las Vegas. Southern Utah was at Arizona State. Well, uh, the line was at two and a half. I took the under. You took the over. There were three wins. Utah, Utah State, and BYU. So you got that correct. I guessed on that one. You sure you want to change your question? No, it's already written in ink. Okay. Uh, To Major League Soccer, RSL versus FC Dallas. Real Salt Lake by .5. That was a really stupid line that you put. That was dumb. I took the over. You took the under. RSL won 3-2. So I got that correct. Good for you. No one cares about soccer. Uh, Georgia at number three. Number five, Georgia at number three, Clemson. Clemson was favored by 3.5. I took the under. You took the over. It was Georgia who won. So I got that one correct. Uh, And then BYU... Uh, and Arizona, BYU set the line that BYU would force two and a half turnovers. They actually only forced one. We both took the under on that, so we both get that correct. Aggies by 40, by the way, in that game. Utah over Weber State. The line you set was at 23 and a half. Utah won by 23, so that was really close. But we both took the overs. Neither one of us got that one correct. And then we come down to the last one here. Uh, it could either be a tie or I go ahead and I win outright. Utah State, Washington State. Bonner passing yards. You set the line at 195 and a half. I took the under. You took the over. He actually threw for 143. So I got four. You got two. You did get really close to the tiebreaker, though. That was impressive. But So did I lose? Doesn't matter. You did lose, unfortunately. Great. Nine one seven six. I have to go in full on Karen mode in the grocery store while being wrong. <laughs> I just, I just thought it was a marshmallow pie. <laughs> That's it. Five three three eight. Ajay's brain is a marshmallow pie. Uh, See, this is kind of the insulting crap I have to deal with. 
Uh, hey, it's 5.15. Uh, if you remember what the Skyview bread and butter play of the game was when their matchup against Mountain Ridge on Saturday, excuse me, on Friday, call us and let us know what it was, 435-752-1069. And if you correctly identify it, you get four loaves of bread from the old grist mill. Again, 435-752-1069 from Friday night, the Utah, the uh, Skyview bread and butter play of the game yeah uh eric uh here's here's the kicker to this is uh skyview football it's interesting as we talk about skyview old grist meal bread and butter is skyview's now lost two in a row and i haven't done any research on this but i need to find out the last time skyview lost two games in a row by double digits by the way um i i, I i'm not I don't want to say I'm shocked. That that that's a bad way to put it, but just the way they got dismantled by two teams like the way they did. Uh, it was talking, you know, to John Newbold, and he was positive about Skyview. He thinks that they're going to be all right. Said they shot themselves in the, in the foot a couple of times with some uh, bad turnovers, but that he thinks come region play, we're going to see who they are. Now they've uh, they've got I think Bear River this week, but then of course they host Ridgeline next Friday night at seven o'clock uh, in Smithfield. By the way, Ridgeline Green Canyon on Thursday night uh, this week. So I, I'm interested to see what Skyview looks like. But I know a lot of people are writing Skyview off about the kind of team that they are. I I wouldn't do that yet. I would not do that yet. I would wait to see what Skyview looks like in uh, in region play. And by the way, credit to, to Ridgeline. We'll talk about it here in, in a little while. But credit to Ridgeline again for just dominating another opponent. It's so impressive what they're able to do. Uh, this Ridgeline football team. So, yeah, Ridgeline play gets underway this week, Ridgeline Green Canyon. Um, but, Eric, I'm excited about Ridgeline play. Already here. Can't wait for it. Uh, do we have a winner, by the way? For our bread and butter? Yeah. We do. Who? Uh, it was competitive. We had multiple people calling in. Yes. But it was Josh Yonk who got it first. Nice. And the play was early in the game. Jackson Sundstrom. He got an interception at midfield on the uh, really one of the first plays of the game. So, uh, that was a big play, a big defensive turnover. But they, they lost by like 18, though. Uh, but uh, there was an exciting moment early in the game. <laughs> I'm going to get so. a mom email in you now. Hey, your kids or your co-host is being negative about my kid or that team. Jackson Sundstrom had a big play. And Good that for was him. The bread and butter play of the game, and Josh Yonk got it right. Hey, 5662 wants to know, Eric, what's your treat of choice? Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Really? Yep. I've given you those, and you've let them sit in your drawer for like a month and a half. No, I, no, never. Those will never last for that long. Really? I wish you would have told me that like a year ago when I was buying you stuff and you are just leaving it in your drawer. <laughs> well, anything I give to you, you're like, hey, kids, look what I got. Look what I brought home. You didn't even give me credit. You act like you're the hero. Hey, look what I brought home, kids. <laughs> this is... Isn't this cool? Look what daddy got wow, for you. Wow, dad, you're the best. Hey, AJ, let's uh, on Tuesdays. Let's get into our stat that blew our yes. minds, and our player of the week. And to do that, we need the uh, the fancy intro. So we'll do that. <laughs> Time to see who the real MVP is. If you have a good game, your game is going to say that. You, know, you don't have to say it. Puts a lot of cool things in perspective. Anytime you're the first time doing something. It's the full court press player of the week. Let's go. All right, AJ, since you lost pick six, I will let you go first. My guy, Tom Brady, 
uh, the greatest quarterback to ever play, greatest athlete to ever play any sport. Tom Brady has a chance <laughs> to queuing Michael Phelps win for debate. Who? Michael Phelps? Dude, he swims in water. Calm down. And the waves give him momentum to get to where he's going to. <laughs> Just get to your plane. Okay. <laughs> okay. Three days until the Bucks play the Cowboys. Tom Brady has a chance to become only the second quarterback in NFL history to win a game. He joined Vinny Testaverde at the age of 44 or, or older. To win a game at the age of 44 and older, Tom Brady can join Vinny Testaverde as only one of two quarterbacks to do so. Starting quarterbacks 44 or older are 1-4 all time. So let me get this straight. You are awarding a player of the week to somebody who hasn't done anything yet. Because Tom Brady's going to do something might do something Thursday. later this week. He's going to win on Thursday, wow. and he's going to be my player of the week. Okay. Okay. Uh, mine goes to <laughs> Connor Coles, the place kicker for the Utah State Aggies. Three for three for field goals of uh, from 22, 39, and 28. He also kicked the PAT. Um, I didn't hear about this. I'm not aware of it. I've got to follow up. But his teammate, um, one of the offensive linemen, uh, Chandler Dolphin, saying he did that with a broken foot. So I don't know yeah, what the I details need, are dude, on that. I don't know how we didn't ask about that. I'm going to be talking to him today. I may have to ask. I him. need to ask. I didn't know how we didn't ask Coach about that yesterday. No. Dang it, we had an opportunity. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's our, our players that we've designated. Go how Tom about Brady. the stats? Let's take a look at the numbers. It's the stat that blew our minds. He did what? On the full court press. Wow, that <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> okay, I'll go first again. Because it's my turn. Montana took down, according to ESPN stats and info, number 20 Washington, the fifth time an FCS team beat a ranked opponent since the FBS FCS, FCS split in 78. The Grizzlies, Eric, were 1-17-1 and and versus the Huskies entering in that game with only other win coming in 1920. Wow. 1920. Dude, they are now 2-17-1 versus the Huskies. <laughs> Dude, long good drought. for them. Yeah. Good for them. Good for Montana. I love it. I, I absolutely love when FCS teams, except when they're playing the Aggies, go and get big wins against P5 opponents. Uh, mine is baseball-related. The Blue Jays... This is about the Cubs and the. I'm, no, the Cubs have, have won seven in a row, but this isn't. Oh my about that. gosh! Uh, the Blue Jays have the top three run scorers in the American League currently: Vlad Guerrero Jr. is 105 runs, Bo Bichette at 103, and Marcus Simeon at 97. That's um, there's only been one team in the last 80 years that's had the top three scorers, and that was Cleveland back in 1952. Granted, the season's not over yet, but Toronto is well on their way. So that's a stat that blew my mind. That uh, those are some hot bats in Toronto. Yeah, dude, no one cares about the Blue Jays. We only care about two teams: the Dodgers, the Padres. No, Dodgers, Giants, and Braves. Only three teams that baseball needs to know about. Really? Yes. You conveniently forget about the Yankees? Ah, oh, shoot, yeah. I guess we ought to catch Rizzo and the Yankees. Or Brian and the Giants. That's got to be tough to be a Cub right now. 
Tampa's got an eight and a half game lead over New York. What? Yes. The White Sox have Here, a ten game okay. lead over Cleveland. Here's the thing. You say that. Here's the stat that's gonna blow your mind, Eric. Neither of those teams are gonna be in the ALCS. You don't think so? No. Tampa Bay's gonna choke, as will the White Sox. It's it's gonna be the Yankees and somebody else. Tampa Bay will not be there. The Yankees turn it on in the playoffs. Well, Tampa's been playing great all year. They've been playing great the last few years. Great. They're perennially in the playoffs. Well, that's a cool story. Too bad they can't get to the World Series. I'm just saying. They were just in the World Series. When? Just uh, oh, the COVID just a year? few years ago. Yeah, nobody's counting yeah. the COVID stuff, dude. No one counts the Lakers as the NBA champions. Nobody. Nobody even thinks about that. Stick title. around. We'll recap the weekend that was with high school football and preview the upcoming NFL season as well with some of our predictions and hot takes for the NFL. Stick around. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. The first ever Latino festival is September 18th on Center Street in Logan. Come celebrate the Latin culture with food, music, dance, and cultural performances. The festivities get underway at 3 p.m. Enjoy live bands, a parade with authentic Latin dress. And did we mention food? Ridiculously good food trucks. Then work off the calories with everyone's favorite dance-based workout, Zumba. The Latino Festival is presented by Gosner Foods, where you can earn up to $20 an hour, quarterly bonuses and free health insurance members first credit union our name says it all thermo fisher hispanic employees resources group cytiva earn hourly wages of 20 dollars or more at cytiva ifit a global company committed to diversity and inclusion welcomes everyone to the latino festival bring your family your friends and even your dance shoes to the first ever latino festival september 18th starting at 3 p.m on logan's center street Hi, this is Danny Hansen, manager of the Cash Valley Bank Smithfield branch. And I'm Daryl Simmons, business development officer at Cash Valley Bank. In celebration of our second anniversary being in Smithfield, we would like to invite you and your family to our anniversary celebration on the evening of September 15th. We will have food and prizes at our Smithfield location, 10 North Main in Smithfield. The party will begin immediately after the Skyview Homecoming Parade. Come celebrate with us and learn what an account at Cash Valley Bank can do for you. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, it helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. It's youth hockey time for boys and girls ages 4 to 14. The Cache Valley Youth Hockey League wants you to try hockey for two weeks totally free. That's right. First-time skaters can try hockey for free for two weeks. All equipment is included. Coaches will walk you through everything needed. If you are interested in youth hockey, sign-ups are going on now. To learn more about the two-week free youth hockey trial, go to CacheHockey.com. That's CacheHockey.com. Cache Valley Youth Hockey. Join today. If you want to hit a home run or score a touchdown when it comes to your vehicle's maintenance, get your oil changed at Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan. This is Dustin with Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Preventative maintenance is huge in your game plan to keep your vehicle on the road. Not only do we change your oil, but we can also provide other services like recharging your air conditioning. Stay in your car while our trained pros service your vehicle. 
Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main in Logan, across from Angie's. We all have items in our homes that can be recycled. Old aluminum cans, aluminum siding, car batteries, electrical cords, plumbing fixtures, and dozens of other things. Did you know if Americans recycled just one-tenth of their newspapers, it would save 25 million trees this year? Recycling is easy at Valley Recycling. Take in your metals, even if you're not sure what they are. They'll take what they can and pay you for it. Valley Recycling pays cash for old cars and other scrap metal. That's why they say when you go green, you get green at Valley Recycling. 145. North 10th West in Logan. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvison. What went wrong, Eric? The Los Angeles of Anaheim Angels have two of the modern greatest hitters in baseball, and they can't win games. Trout is at fault, too, because he did sign a massive contract. It's not his fault. Long-term financial security. Honestly. You get to live in Orange County and collect that paycheck. It's not a bad gig. But you know what's a better gig? is going to play for a playoff team and winning playoff games. That's a great gig. Weekdays from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Work. School, grocery shopping, doctor's appointments, the gym, to the airport to pick up loved ones, to the kids' soccer games, piano lessons, out for movie night, to hear your favorite band in the city, over to grandma and grandpa's house, and on last year's amazing road trip. Your vehicle takes you so many places. Protect it. When you leave your vehicle, remember to always take your keys or key fob with you and lock the doors. If you suspect auto theft, contact the National Insurance Crime Bureau at 1-800-TELL-NICB. That's 1-800-TEL-NICB or visit our website at www.nicb.org. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Dear John, uncontrolled high blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. But when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. To get your high blood pressure to a healthy range, visit heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Jake Salveson, welcome back to the Full Court Press. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because, you know, Eric... Usually I'm the one that's immature, but lately it's been you, and it's just not good <laughs> in so many ways. Im- Never. Immature. Immature. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, look, we've had a busy, busy show. We've had to recap a lot, so let's go ahead and get to the final bit of it. Cash Valley Region 11 football, the begin region play this Thursday night, I guess, if you will. Uh, and last weekend on Friday night, mm, kind of a mixed weekend. Uh Green Canyon, great win over Morgan. Uh, the score wouldn't have mattered in any shape or form based on what they had to deal with last week. But, Eric, nonetheless, they get the win on the road at Morgan. That's a great win for them. Yeah, really cool the way they uh, they started that game. They uh, only had 10 guys on the first defensive play. 
they only had uh, 11 guys on the first special teams play. Just that uh, there's a hole in the defense and there was a hole in the uh, special teams. Just in uh, recognition and of uh, you know they were a man down, and so I thought that was um, a good way of doing that. I'm I'm glad that they played. I think it was good for the for those boys in that community to have something to to do and to rally around. But that you know again, give that Green Canyon team a ton of credit for how they continue to win close games. Uh, they just keep grinding it's and they keep of, finding ways to win. It's kind of hysterical, actually, when you think about it. I mean, the last three wins have been by less than three points. Am I, am I right when I say that? They're all about, yeah, three or four points. Three or four points just away from that. And then they get another big win against uh, a Morgan. Great win for them. Uh, again, like, there's just that, um, there's that, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to say relief, but joy coming after what they've had to deal with last week and to be able to respond the way they did. It's a, it's a great win for Green Canyon. So congratulations, to, congratulations to the Wolfpack. Uh, I believe is they are still undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Without a loss. Speaking of without a loss, uh, Ridgeline continues to ho hum through their schedule as they get ready for region play. They played Thursday night against Green Canyon this week. But Eric, this offense is just masterful, and we've talked about the defense as well. It's a team that's clicking on all facets of the football field. It is, and it, it's it is a very balanced team. You know, the way they're taking care of business, offensively and defensively, this is a this is a Ridgeline team that's very on point. And I'll be honest with you, Ajay, before the season started, when I saw that Thursday night matchup, Ridgeline and Green Canyon, I thought, really, I could think of maybe a little better game on the schedule that would be more like heightened interest. Yeah, sure, we the, both this, could. The Skyview Ridgeline game. But it's turning out look, those are the only undefeated teams right now. So what a great way to kick off a uh, Region 11 play. Uh, that game on Thursday night will be at 7 o'clock, I believe, Eric. Or, yes. Am I around that? Yep. So, Dave uh, Simmons and Nick Zollinger will be on the call. Oh, we'll have it streamed on Cash Valley Daily. <laughs> uh, and then on the other side, Bonifield takes care of Mountain Crest in a whole hum victory. Final score there, 31-7. Look, Mountain Crest, look, Bonneville's just a different animal right now when it comes to Mountain Crest. Preston Lofthouse, they contained him. They shut him down. Didn't allow him to get any sort of rhythm. And then offensively, Bonneville just took care of the ball and was able to uh, matriculate, as uh, one Hall of Fame coach would say, wow. back when, when he was coaching the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Hank Stram. And so Bonneville was able to use the clock, uh, use, you know, just methodically and surgically uh, carve through this Mountain Crest defense. Final score 31 7. Impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mountain Crest. Yeah, still trying to uh, get a few things settled um, at uh, and who they are, but um, they've they've got a big matchup this week with uh, Logan coming to town. Logan struggled mightily at Highland last week, and so it'll be Mountain Crest hosting uh, Logan. It's their homecoming game for Mountain Crest, so uh, that'll be interesting. A lot of a lot of sauciness in that one, I think. Uh, Logan runs into a buzzsaw of their own as they face uh, the Highland Idaho Rams. And boy, Highland is as good as they have been advertised throughout the year and even last year. Highland looked really, really good. I Look, people are going to pin this loss on Logan. I guess there is some blame to give, but you got to give a lot of credit to Highland. That's just a very stalwart football team. Yeah, they were. And they, just talking to Al on Saturday night uh, during our Aggie uh, coverage, he was just talking about how that was just a very aggressive Highland team that took a lot away from Logan, what they normally do, and uh, just made life difficult for the Grizzlies all night long 
Um, and so, uh, again, how will this Logan team bounce back? They've been a real surprise and uh, really refreshing to see how well they're playing so far. So is that, you know, has the team figured out the rubric of, of Logan or is that just kind of a one-off and Logan makes their adjustments and they continue to play well? So we'll, we'll be finding that out within the next few weeks here. Uh, so, and then finally, is there anybody in this? I got Ridgeline, Mountain Crest, uh, Skyview. Skyview. Uh, boy, yeah, just another uh, where they just couldn't get going offensively. I talked to John Newble the uh, the other day, and he just said there was just no rhythm. They kept making their own mistakes, kept shooting themselves in the foot, and they fall to uh, Mountain Ridge. And Mountain Ridge is a good yeah, 6A team. They certainly so are. that was just a tough draw for Skyview. Coming off of a, a, another tough draw when they were up in Idaho, uh, so two weeks in a row, they they really struggled. They it was very unfamiliar for Skyview and their fans and, and that program to have back to back losses in the middle of the season. Very uncharacteristic of Skyview to do it, but it was also a really tough back to back matchup for them to go through. So uh, again, kind of like the the um, the, the Logan scenario and in, in Mountain Crest too is you know, how will they bounce back? How will they recover after a setback like they had? That's and I think that's the biggest question now because it doesn't get any easier. All right, I mean you you get through region play this week, but then you got to go play Ridgeline next Friday night. Even at your place, that's not a gimme game. Even close to being a gimme game against no. easily the hottest team in the state of Utah. I say not just in foray, but maybe in the state of Utah, a team that's scoring thirty plus points without even breaking a sweat. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll face Bear River this week. Um, Bear River's another team still trying to find themselves. Yeah. Just when it looks like they might be starting to get a little bit of momentum and figuring a few things out and playing a lot better, they have some setbacks. So, um, How'd that game against Box Elder go? I, I didn't even get a chance to look at that. Uh, those were two teams just looking to find something. Uh, and because neither one had had a victory yet in the yeah. season. Box Elder ends up winning. Uh, it was a close game. Uh, but uh, it was in Brigham City, uh, t- a close one, but Bear River just really struggled with any kind of consistency. All right, so here's what your schedule looks like for this week coming up on uh, September 9th and 10th. Again, Ridgeline Green King will highlight the schedule. The two undefeated teams set up to play on September 9th, Thursday night, 7 o'clock at Ridgeline. Again, uh, the wonderful Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger will be on that call. Uh, at Ridgeline, that game can be found on... Uh, 104.5 The Ranch. Uh, and then you got Mountain Crest and Logan. As you said, it's been a, I mean, it's not the rivalry of the 90s or early 2000s that it once was so long ago, but Mountain Crest and Logan can still be a great game. And boy, uh, a win for either team really helps boost them going into more of the region play, at least deeper into it. It's going to be Logan's, uh, or excuse me, it's going to be Mountain Crest's homecoming game. So AJ Knight and John Olson, well, I guess not AJ Knight. Well, AJ Knight will not. Be there. He's still out of the country, and we're actually going to have Dave Simmons. Uh, so he's calling a game on Thursday, and then he's he'll slide over and help us out on Friday. God bless that man. Uh, but uh, Dave, very familiar with these high school teams. Uh, he's a Mountain Crest alum, so uh, it'll be fun having him on the call with John Olson on Friday night. That game will be on 107.7 KLZX again. Dave Simmons, John Olson will be on the call for there. It'll uh, also be on KVNU. Oh, yes, absolutely. So there'll be Aggie pregame coverage leading up to Utah State and uh, North Dakota. And in the middle <laughs> will be that uh, Logan High and Mountain Crest football game going on on KVNU. Uh, Bear River, as uh, Eric's already mentioned, will be playing at Skyview, so John Newbold, Rex Davis on the call there. 
Uh, Bear River still looking for their first win. Skyview trying to get themselves back on track before a huge one next Friday night uh, at home against Ridgeline. Uh, and then Green Canyon, again, at Ridgeline on Thursday night. That's, uh, that's your schedule for this week in Region 11 play. Eric, we're already in Region 11 play, which means you've got one, two, three, four, five games before you head into a UEA game or a fall break game, and then you are into the state playoffs just like that. Right, and some teams are not doing the fall break game. They've yeah, opted not to do the short week um, and just kind of rolling the dice on how that affects their RPI. Uh, so that, that'll that be interesting. Speaking of RPI, that's expected to be released, I think, if I'm not mistaken, next week. Uh, and um, that will be really interesting for high school football. Uh, it was uh, kind of controversial initially for uh, girls' soccer when it was uh, released, and then they updated it to reflect the games that had happened the night before to get it a little bit more accurate. So hopefully it's a little bit more on points when they do that for football. But, um, yeah, it's exciting, Ajay. It's fun having these games, and now we're into region play and facing each other and all these games on CashValleyDaily.com that you can watch or go back and rewatch. So a uh, ton of fun. I'm really excited for this season. So from the high school action to the pro action, now we get to NFL. Week one begins this week. Happy NFL uh, to all our pro football fans out there. We start with Thursday night where it's America's team versus America's quarterback. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night. Good way to start the season. Dak Prescott's back. Ezekiel Elliott behind, the bat, or behind Dak. And then you got the defense. Of course, versus a team that returns all 22 starters. That's 100% vaccinated. Returns every single coach from their staff from their last year's Super Bowl champion team. Uh, I seems like Tampa Bay is a clear-cut favorite to be in the Super Bowl again. We'll see how that goes. We know how the NFC is. But it's a great way to start off the NFL Week 1 with Dallas and Tampa Bay. Well, for some. Well, not for yeah. you. I, I don't know why we keep calling Dallas America's team. I mean, they have not been relevant for two and a half decades. Okay, who's America's team? Three then? decades. I don't know if that's just a product of their own marketing. I don't know why we anybody calls them that because they have not been a relevant, important team in the NFL for some people's lifetime. So I don't know why we keep saying that. But the Buccaneers do play the Cowboys. That is true. Thursday on NBC. I just love how bitter you sounded. I don't. I mean, why do you, why do we do that? I mean, if anybody, the Patriots are America's team. Well, I mean, Patriots. they got the logo. They got it's all about the revolution. You know, I mean, that, if anybody's America's team, it's not just because of their logo, but because of all their success over the last <laughs> twenty years, two and a half decades. All right, let's just go, saying. Let's just go through this. <laughs> hey, there's some really saucy games on here, and for week one, let's start with Pittsburgh at Buffalo. It's 11 a.m. on CBS. Two really good teams. Josh Allen, of course, the former Wyoming quarterback, now Buffalo Bills starting quarterback. Had a great season last year. Pittsburgh returns a bunch of defensive guys. But, boy, this Buffalo Bills team has their eyes set on a Super Bowl appearance. They think they're that good because they're so balanced offensively and defensively. Right. I think Allen could threaten to uh, unseat Mahomes for the MVP. MVP. I would not disagree. But the Steelers team also, they started out great last year. Yeah. And then they just really faded all of a sudden. But – they they flew under a lot of people's radar last year, and then once people started to catch on, hey, these Steelers keep winning games, um, it became a little bit different, but they still you know had a pretty decent schedule, all things considered, for most of the year. 
But uh, so I think a lot of us, at least me, I am, I'm, I'm intrigued. Was that a fluke? Because it was COVID and there were just weird things with schedules and stuff like that? Or is this a Steelers team that is kind of rebounding and is relevant again? I, mean, I would love to have the Steelers be a relevant team. Historic franchise, well-known, great colors. I mean, it's a great coach. Uh, I would love to see the Steelers a, a nationally relevant program again. So I, but I don't know. I don't. See, Last year we I don't just caught either. a lot of people by surprise, and I don't know if it was just a fluke or if it's a it's a new trend for uh, for Pittsburgh. And but I agree that that game on Sunday uh, will be a great game to tune into. By the way, Darwin Thompson has been released by the Chiefs. He's been picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and has been put on their practice squad. So good for Darwin Thompson. Happy for him. Uh, he will not see. I mean, unless the running back gets injured, he will not see any snaps. Uh, in a game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers based on their loaded backfield. Uh, another game that could be intriguing to a lot of people uh, is looking at the 11 a.m. game uh, on CBS as well. In I guess in some areas it will be uh, televised. But Arizona at Tennessee, Mike Vrabel, this Tennessee Titans team with Ryan Tannehill led at quarterback. They got Derrick Henry as a as a MVP candidate, really, as in the running back system. Uh, this team could be really, really good again defensively. That's where they talk the most. But offensively, if they can just continue to score points, um, 17, 20 points in that range, I think the defense can take care of the rest. This Tennessee team could be good. Yeah, Tannehill under center. Um, and look at that, that Cardinals team, too, Kyler Murray. Um, and uh, I think that's a team that's offensively catches some people by surprise. I think they've got some good talent. Uh, and uh, some great skill players. Uh, I, I think I agree. I think that could be a really sneaky, interesting game to watch. Another one I think will be fun will be the Seahawks at the Colts. Ah, yes. Uh, for some, you can see that on Fox, and um, that could be the Vegas line has Seahawks by two and a half. Uh, so that could be a really interesting one. The the Colts kind of a new era there uh, for them at quarterback. So. Um, yeah, there's been a little bit of controversy in Seattle about people talking about contracts and Russell where they're going to stay the or not. Of that conversation, yes. you betcha. An expensive payroll. So, but uh, this is a this is I think an, a really important year for Seattle because it's either we're going to see if this can really work one last time or we're going to break it down and start from scratch again. And the the other thing about it is they have excuse me they have a. Uh, Rookie linebacker, I guess, say second-year linebacker. He's a rookie last year in that Jordan Brooks kid, who's really, really good. Stands alongside Bobby Wagner, uh, is just as quick and has that vision. In fact, Bobby Wagner says he sees a lot of Jordan Brooks in him as a player, just as a young version of him. Aggressive, quick to the ball, uh, can tackle well. So Seahawks might be building that defense up again, which would be nice to see in Seattle. Uh Another game on Fox. This is a little bit in the afternoon. This is Packers at Saints. Uh, oh, so always a good one. New Orleans has been displaced because of the hurricane, and so the the rumor is uh, they had to look at various different locations to play their game this Sunday because the Saints are supposed to host the Packers, and they went through and found out which was the most difficult NFL venue to get to from Green Bay. And that's how they settled on Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> to host the game this weekend. Uh, uh, Green Bay is only favored by four. Um, sort of this big question with uh, New Orleans at, at quarterback. Yeah, who and uh, how well things go there managing their offense. Well, Jameis Winston is your presumable starter right now. How well does he do? How short is that leash on yes. Jameis if things don't go well? And how will they, they use Taysom Hill? Hill? 
Because exactly. John Payton says we're still going to use Taysom in certain situations. So what will that look like? That's tight end as a wide receiver in certain packages at the quarterback or wildcat. So don't know. Mystery. Another game that I really like and one that I hopefully get to see here is Cleveland at Kansas City. The rise of Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns is shooting up like a, just a shooting star. It's been really impressive to see. And, of course, we know who the Kansas City Chiefs are. One of the best defenses, easily the best offense in the AFC. Uh, they don't have much to prove. They've been to two Super Bowls in three years. They're looking to win their third one or excuse me, their second Super Bowl in three years. Um, this, this team really has all the makings, this Kansas City team does, to maybe – and I say maybe, carefully, uh, start to become a dynasty if they can put things together. The question is, is their offensive line, that it was horrendous in the Super Bowl. It was really bad. And they're going to need to be able to protect Patrick They've Mahomes They've been addressing better. that in the offseason. They sure did, especially in the draft. Cleveland, on the other hand, we know about Baker Mayfield. He's starting to come up. He's starting to get better. Odell Beckham Jr. over there. They got a good running back. Um, I, like This Browns team, in again, I say carefully, but could be a team that could get a bye in the AFC playoffs if they play their cards right in a very weak AFC North. Ajay, let me ask you. Shoot. Who will be in the AFC title game? Oh, you just had to, huh? Uh, Season starts on Thursday, so looking ahead, trying okay. to project who will be in the AFC title game. If you had to make a prediction today, okay. who would it be? Man. Boy, Buffalo could be there. And if I'm going to say Buffalo's going to be there, and I think, look, unless something like, unless Patrick Mahomes, don't let it happen, but if it does, if he can stay healthy, nobody's stopping Kansas City. I'm, they just continue to find ways to win. Like last year, they were put behind the eight ball. I can't tell you how many times in a game. And they continually came out with, you know, down nine, down ten in the fourth quarter, found ways to win. As long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback for the Chiefs, they're going to continue to make noise in the AFC. What Tom Brady was to the Patriots and what the Patriots were to the AFC, I think the Chiefs are going to be to the AFC now, and I think Kansas City and Buffalo are in there. See, those are my two teams. I've got uh, I've got Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC title game. Uh, I just think two great young quarterbacks, two very solid teams. I think Buffalo does have better defense. I think Kansas City has the better offense. But uh, I think those are two great programs that are on the up and – uh, th those are the two teams that stand out above everybody else for me in the AFC. Okay, NFC, let me ask you. In the NFC, um, <laughs> I, I think there could be some real wild cards. Um, you know, how does the, the quarterback change in, with the Rams You know, change things, if anything? But in the end, though, I still think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Wow. Could be a bit of a swan song for Aaron, and so he's still got something to go out and prove. Uh, and Look, it's hard for me to say it, with all the talent that's coming back and the experience of winning it, uh, it's hard for me to pick against the Buccaneers for being there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so I'm going to go with you with the Buccaneers. Again, all 22 starters coming back. They stay healthy. It's going to be very hard for anyone in the NFC to beat them, even on their best day and the Bucs' worst day, it seems like. Even if the Bucs have – they had a crappy November last year and they still made it out of the mud, and came out sparkly clean and as the Super Bowl champions. I like Tampa Bay. I'm going to say Seattle. I think Russell Wilson 
finds a way with this offense. You talk about a swan song for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. This could be it for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. If things don't play out the way he hopes, even if things do, he might say, I need to go find somewhere I'm going to get better protection for my O-line, that they actually care about me as a quarterback because I don't feel like I'm getting that anymore from the Seahawks organization, and find somewhere else to play. This could be it for Russell Wilson. No better way to go out and just go be in an NFC Championship game in a really really tough NFC conference, which has been better than it was the last two well, years. Well, I'm having a hard time figuring out the NFC West. It, it very well could be the 49ers that go there. I see. I was it, thinking it, it San could Francisco. be the Rams. It could be Seattle. My like, problem one of those is, three teams. is that San Francisco is still led by Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm not sold on Jimmy anymore. I'm not even – I'm definitely not sold on Trey Lance if he comes in. So I'm not sure if Jimmy can lead this team to a Super Bowl this year. I'm not so – and he's got to stay healthy, too. That's another problem. Hey, a sneaky team in the AFC that I think can make some noise, bear with me here. I know you're going to laugh, but the Miami Dolphins. No, I'm not going to laugh at all. I think the Miami Dolphins have gotten better through the draft and through free agency, know the AFC very well thanks to their head coach who was a defensive coordinator for the Patriots. I think he's going to make some noise here in the AFC. I think they finished second in the AFC. Give me your – Bold, nobody's thinking about this team that could absolutely make some noise in either conference. Um, Maybe the, the Raiders. That's a good one. I thought about it. I thought the about Raiders it. Raiders could be one because, look, they, they had their, their first season in Las Vegas and nobody was there. It's like if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, does it make a sound? <laughs> so uh, this will be the first time that they'll be able to play in front of their, their crowd in their new arena. I think that's going to make a big difference for yeah. them. They could be a really sneaky team that could uh, really be dangerous. Who, and besides, they've got a lot of experience still. Uh, yeah, we made debate about um, – and whether Carr is still a good quarterback or not, but look, he's been in the league a long time. I think he's still really good, got a good arm, and I think he's a good head on his shoulders. I think he's going to be uh, that could be one of those teams to watch out for. Uh, and then, who do you have in the Super Bowl? Uh, um, I'm going with Tampa Bay in the NFC. By the way, I just want to make that very clear. It's hard for me to to not pick Again, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. I've tried to talk myself out of it, and I just <laughs> I can't. So I've got Tampa there, and then on the other side. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the Chiefs. Um, I know. I just they're I know. so I hate dynamic. It. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. They're so. I, I'd love to pick Josh Allen, the Wyoming Cowboy, but they're just the Kansas City is just so dynamic. And it's they're hard so not experienced. To. Like they're just so experienced as well. I'm gonna go against the grain just for kicks and giggles, and I get no punishment from it. I'm taking the Bills. Just because I want to see Josh Allen, these guys beat the Chiefs. I'm so sick of Kansas City. I don't like Patrick Mahomes. I can't stand Andy Reid. Hater. It's time. It's time to move on. <laughs> time to move on from that. Just that Kansas City team. Please, someone beat them. MVP this year will be who? Oh man. Oh, that's a great, great question. Um, it could be Allen. Um, it could be Mahomes. Um, I'll say Allen. I'll just because I like his trajectory Me right too. now. Me too. And I think I like that it. some people will say they already know about Patrick Mahomes, and they'll say, "Oh, let's give this kid a try." And so they may give him a little bit more attention. And I think this is going to be a year where he really steps onto a big stage. I'm going to say Tom Brady. Tom Brady's got vast weapons. I think he's rejuvenated again. <laughs> rejuvenated to go out there and again. win an eighth Super Bowl, an eighth Super Bowl. This guy's got all the tools to 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 use. This could be his best year 
um, in probably in the last ten years of football for him. That's saying something. I've got uh, I've got Tom Brady winning the MVP. Go Bucks! As a lifetime fan, I would say. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk North Dakota. We're going to have our opponent research Wednesday. Who are the Fighting Hawks? We got some good guests coming up as well for that show. Can't wait! It's our actor athlete coach who said it, and it's our who, what went wrong. Wednesday. Who wins in a fight? A bull, a raging bull, or a fighting hawk? Why do you do this all the time, man? You have to put the animals in there, don't you? I'd go with the bull. Peter would have a conversation with us right now, so we could speak. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. It's the full court press here on one hundred six nine. The fan.